But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, something I just you did, you did a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the 9x9, the 81 square meters of the best volleyball on the internet. My name is Everett DeLorme, joined as always by Mr. Rob St. Clair in Chicago. We were together this weekend, but we're now back in our respective chairs uh, at home. Welcome. This is episode, tw- what is it, 52? Damn. It's that's we, we we've done a we've done a few of these, Rob. It's it's we've been going. That's uh f- fifty two episodes. That's not even including the all the VNL, all the you know like first point collegiate challenge in Austin. Not all the world all championship the world shows. So, stuff, or there was the, a lot of shows. <laughs> yeah, or the special that we did with Eric Soji on Saturday to preview yes. uh, the Champions League that starts uh, uh, tomorrow. So make sure you guys go check out with that. Obviously, it's Eric Soji. That that should be enough right away. To just go back into our last video and check that out just to get ready for the Champions League tomorrow. That will be. But before we do that, Rob, let's jump into what has been a pretty eventful, another eventful week in the Super Lega. Just look at some of these results. Of course, Modena losing to Perugia. Not that surprising, although Ingepath had a pretty good game. They just could not pass the ball. Padova winning the battle of the basement, and things are starting to get looking very, very interesting for Toronto now because Siena, with their second week in a win, win in a row, who would have thought they would have won two in a row at the beginning of the season? They take down Chisterno, who at the beginning of the season was surprising everyone. That's a team who's literally beat some of the best and lost to the best. Uh, Verona bounces back with an unreal game with uh, against Milano, who suffered their first loss of the season. Lube falls to Trentino, and of course, Piacenza continues to be disappointing, losing to Monza. But man, Monza is running, and my boy Stephen Marr, he's the one who should be on the thumbnail instead of Arthur Schwartz. No <laughs> slight to Schwartz, but that's two straight MVPs for my boy Marr. Rob, I, was, I was I was looking for photos and the 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 photos that were available, like the one good one of, of Arthur Schwartz. I mean, this one, yeah, it's on the thumbnail. It was just too good to pass up. I was looking for photos of Mar because of how well he played. It was fun ever because you and I were watching that game and Trentino versus Lube on Saturday together. We we're just kind of follow along with it there. We uh, suffered. It, we suffered through it. We so. suffered suffered through it for uh, a, a lot of reasons. Uh, most notably, the stream that we did the night before, <laughs> which but, you, uh, you have to be a member. If you if you didn't get to see it uh, off the hop with the uh, tag ever, at everyone on the Discord, <laughs> which was hilarious. We broke rule number one right off the bat, which which I love. Uh, you're gonna have to be a member to go check that out. But um, from what I've told, it was entertaining. I haven't been able to bring myself up to go back to watch it just yet yeah i i I haven't gone back and watched the drunk stream we did from ottawa and i'm probably not gonna do uh go back and watch the one from austin either just gonna uh, let let that out there on the internet and yeah you've got to be a a member here on the youtube channel to go back and check that one out but it was uh, definitely fun at the time from from what i remember but uh let's let's dive in here a little bit more because piacenza the there's still reason to to put asterisks on all their dumb losses because they still don't have either of their starting outside hitters so still no uh, Lucarelli, we know he's out for a while with a hand injury, but still no Yohan de Leal. And the weird part about that is that he's continuing to dress and warm up for these games. And I have no idea. I haven't read anywhere about any injury. Like we can assume that he's been hurt because he hasn't played since I think before Christmas. 
but I don't know what the nature of his injury is. I haven't read it anywhere, and his team misses him badly. You can you only must, try you must miss that day on the Discord then, because there was some What's rumors floating around the disc. Apparently, he got into a bar fight. Okay, I heard about that, but I mean, is is is, is that? Are you going to continue to lose while you keep him out for a reason like that? I mean, maybe a broken hand. Like, is that? Does that cause you know, like a little bit of bruising in there? Who knows? Who, who knows? But yeah, it is a weird situation because you see him there. You see him giving information. As you said, he's warming up, but just not getting the call. So yeah, last we heard were, were, were rumors and conjecture in the discord, which, you know, we can never fully, fully trust, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's actually hey, a lot of good info that comes out of the discord. But when it comes to you, I'm really wrong. all fighting against things. There certainly is some precedent for that, but seriously, I don't, I don't actually know what's going on with him. And I mean, you, there's only so much you can do with Luka Basic and Francesco Ricciene as you're starting outside hitters to try and stay afloat, especially against yeah. a team like Monza, who's playing like one of the hottest teams in the league right now. 100%. And if you look at the way they're distributing their offer, you've got four different guys in double digits for, for this team right now. They're blocking fantastic as a team. I know you, and I said it from early on. This is a gritty team. They're built to grind you out. And that's why I think that they're they're in it for the, the long hell. Uh, I think without having Kachopa in there, bringing in Jan Zimmerman was the perfect move. And while this team's had its up and down, ups and downs, I really think they're coming together right now. You know, it's a good thing you're using Arthur Schwartz as the thumbnail. I think he's really starting to come into his own, which is starting to alleviate some of that. What are we going to do on the right side for Team Canada, which makes me excited for, for the summertime. But these are two different teams going in different directions right now. And if Leal, if Leal doesn't come back and Lucarelli is still out, like Piacenza might as well put this, this, uh, this season down the drain because they're going to end up in one of those lower seeds and then they're going to have a much tougher first round. Yeah, so let's look at the standings really quick because they're absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I mean, Mo- Monza is all the way up to sixth. Just like two weeks ago, we were talking about them not even being they in playoff nice. position. Yeah. yeah. So they have jumped up a huge amount. Verona, despite beating Milano 3-0, is still out of playoff position by one point. Chisterna, despite losing to Siena, still in playoff position by one point. And now look at those three teams at the bottom. Padova, Toronto, Siena, 14, 13, and 12 points, respectively. We, we, it, it was so Scary. safe to assume. It was so safe to assume that Siena was going to get relegated just two weeks ago. And then out of nowhere, they win two huge matches and now are very much alive to stay in the Super League next year. Yeah, and I mean, Padova, or no, it was it's Siena, just, they did just suffer a big loss losing Julio Penali to injury for the rest of the season. So we'll have to see how much, how much further their run goes. But both Toronto and Padova this year have been... I've thought Toronto was going to be able to run for it quickly, but uh, I don't. I don't know if Tommaso Stefani has been playing recently. Actually, has yeah, he, he heard he heard his shoulder last week, and I don't think he played against Padova. Although I will be the first to admit that I did not. Watch no, they that didn't. Match. They just had like yeah, Oleg Antonov went seven for eighteen. Lepke was out there balling. He had twenty points, fifteen for thirty-two with with four blocks and an ace, but no one else on his team, even in double digits. Yeah, they've got uh, they this extra kid. I, I can't remember. He's either like Greek or Norwegian or Finnish or like some some weird, like obscure European country and a, a really young prospect. I remember <laughs> European. I, well, I remember doing the show with Tommy Blizzard before the season started and I, I was looking through uh, oh. Toronto's roster because they're the most Italian-dominated team in the league by far. Like Lepke was on, there was going to be their only foreigner in the starting lineup, and just looking through some names, I didn't know who some of these young, like other European country prospects were. But yeah, without Stephanie, Toronto's going to struggle. That's 
that's just the way that their team is built up. They he's do not Swedish. have the depth. He's but Swedish. He's also okay. a 2003. So that's what exactly what I'm saying. You, you um, don't just is you don't just find a a a 18 year old Swedish opposite and expect him to carry you through a super league season when your starter goes out. Like that's that's going to be very troublesome for Toronto. And depending on how long it takes Stephanie to come back, they are going to continue to slip down, and they've just got a route against Padova and Siena jumping over them. On the plus side, as a biased take right here, I love what I'm seeing from Eric Lepke. You know, we talked about at the beginning of the season how he might be out of a super legged job because of his his play at the World Championships from for Team Canada, and he's done nothing but impress this year. True. Another 20-point 20, 20 perfor- 20 performance from, from him, and I'm sure there's other teams further up the table that are taking note. Yeah, so we we jumped kind of to Padova versus Toronto there, but the, the more significant result with that one is the effect on the standings and potential relegation. Yeah. But I want to go back to Saturday and two of the routinely premier teams in the league, Everett, with Trentino beating Lubitsch even in over 3-1. And we talked about when we were chatting with Eric Shoji on on Saturday after this game in more of a Champions League context, we, we noticed that, or you noticed, that Lubitsch even has not won a Super League game this calendar year. Yeah, they have been struggling. And I mean, we kind of expected this. This is a young team that just has some weird holes. Zaitsev was the best of them this time, and he was 17 for 38. They hit 42% as a team, but more importantly, they passed 17% perfect. That's just not good enough, enough. especially when you have DeCheco. You need to get the ball to DiCecco. Just get the ball to DiCecco and let him work his magic, right? 17% perfect and only 30% positive is not good enough. So that means you're out of system almost two-thirds of the time. Marlon Yant got absolutely lit up on the serve. 33 receptions. Next closest was 18. So he was their clear serving target for Trentino, and that worked out well. 15% perfect, 33% positive passing. So good service strategy there from Trentino. Why don't you bring Botolo in at that point? He can't get he can't get any worse than that. Yeah, I mean, you might as well just bring Botolo. He was like Yant was doing decently offensively. He's twelve for twenty eight, so maybe that's it. Like he was one of the, I mean, one of the better scores if you want to call it that. But yeah, I, I mean, you might as well be, bring uh, Yant. But I mean, when you look at Nikolov's stats, he's not he's missing half balls, but he's an ace five times. Terrible. He's only eleven percent perfect and seventeen percent positive. So yeah. Lube needs some help on, on in serve receive. They they've got some decent arms around the court, but they just don't have it with serve receive. And Chinese isn't going to open up the offense in the middle the way that Simone is. Simone, you can like we've talked about this before. You can push him. His his window is way further. Whereas Chinese, he needs to be led a little bit more. So this offense right now for Lube just isn't working. And this is a team that I can almost see having more and more issues as the season progresses because I don't think they're going to be able to figure things out anytime soon. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm curious to see who they play the next couple weeks. They've dropped all the way down to fourth. They're only one point ahead of Piacenza, only two points ahead of Monza, and only four points ahead of the ninth place team in the league, Verona. Like It's it's pretty clear that there's two races going on here as we look at the standings. There's eight teams fighting for spots two through nine. (laughs) <laughs> and then there's three teams fighting not to get relegated. Like there, there's going to yeah, be one, there's going to be one team that barely misses the playoffs, and there's going to be two teams that are that fe- are going to feel fortunate to survive relegation. There's a pretty clear line there between nine and ten. And as we look towards the the match results on Sunday, uh, the featured match, I mean, in most years would have been Perugia versus Modena. It was the top two teams in the league at the time. Uh, now it's one versus three as Modena, I mean, barely loses a tiebreaker with Trentino. 
ever that this has to be a super lega record it absolutely has to be i i won't dig through the the history to to, to clarify this but i'm going to go ahead and say it this has to be the earliest the earliest in the season a team has ever clinched the number one seed perugia has clinched the number one seed in the playoffs with six matches to go that's absolutely crazy they are 19 points ahead of second place and with six, I mean, matches, with six matches left, you can only get 18 points. So that's it. Perugia can rest the starters for six straight matches if they wanted to. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but their bench is a starter in any other team in the league, too. Right? Yes, they you know, are. You go, to the, you go to the bench, and you've got either Plotnitsky and Semenyuk, and, and that's what it is. But, man, there's there's two reasons for this. First and foremost, this is quite possibly up there with like the, the Zenit Kazan of the late tw- uh, 2010s, like one of the best teams ever. I mean, obviously you take the best p- player, you surround them with this generations of, of best players, and that's that's what you get. But it's also due to just the absolute crazy inconsistency, just like we talked about from the others, those other t- t- eight teams or, or nine teams after them. The fact that the next best team has a nine and seven record is absolutely insane, but it's what made this has made this Super League and just that much more awesome. Do we want to talk about this one at all? I or do we just want to we just want to say that should. Rinaldi got that Rinaldi got absolutely lit up from the baseline and had a t- like Rinaldi must have cried himself to sleep on <laughs> Sunday because he he went 19 uh got uh, targeted 37 times in a quick like I guess it was four sets so that, that's still he's targeted 37 times he was 3 for 14 on the day his efficiency was Horrible, absolutely horrible. He did go three aces for three errors from the, from the baseline, but in serve receive, man, nineteen percent perfect, only twenty seven percent positive. Tough day for Modena. Uh, uh, th- th- this is never even going to be close. Like so somebody's pointing pointing out in the chat, you're not allowed to compare Perugia to Zenit Kazan until they actually win the Scudetto. He's not wrong though. Well, he's not wrong. Right. What team could possibly beat this team in a five-match series? There is right now, no none. way. Absolutely no way. There is Maybe a like in, Italy or France. That's like the national team. No like way. There is scenario. no way. No way is there a team on the planet that can beat Perugia in a five-match series. Even if Perugia loses one match, there is no possible way that you can beat them three out of five times. There is no way. I would bet my life on that. And there were some pretty ridiculous numbers in this game. Wilfredo Leon, casual 15 for 25, way over 50% efficiency. <laughs> Perugia actually got some like less than stellar performances. Camille Semenik was not good. Neither was Camille Rikliski. And it completely didn't matter because they bring in Jesus Herrera matter. off the bench. They bring in Ole Plotnitsky, obviously, off the bench. They, they recycled in a bunch of middles. And they still pretty convincingly beat what should have been the second-best team in the league. There is such a massive drop-off, obviously, in the standings, but just in level of play between Perugia and everybody else. And that's even when three of their starters don't play well. It's crazy. I mean, I still think that Perugia's hardest match this season has been in practice. So, yeah, this isn't <laughs> all that surprising to me. Um, they, they've just been absolutely unreal. And I don't see, you know, I don't see anyone in, like, like, They've just come so close over the past. Like, honestly, it just feels to me like the Golden State Warriors adding Kevin Durant, being like, we're being that close to being the best team, you know, of all time ever. Let's just add one other superstar and and Camille Semenyuk just to put things overboard. And that's what we're seeing right now is just absolutely ludicrous. 
And I actually kind of like the way that Anastasi is managing this lineup. I mean, people were talking about Camille Rickliski as a weakness, which I've been saying literally all of his career. I do not think he is particularly good, but they are managing it correctly. You, you, you should start Camille Rickliski every single game. It's actually pretty similar, to, or rather, it's kind of the opposite of Yashemsky Vengil's situation, where I think you should start Boyer every game. And then if he sucks, you bring in Hadraba, who's who is going to be more predictable in his level of output. Perugia is the opposite. I think you start Rick Liske every game uh, because he's generally pretty consistent. And if he's bad, you bring in Herrera and hope that he's better. And this time he was. He went 10 for 14. He was absolutely unbelievable in two and a half sets. So I actually think... This- I, I think... I mean, like for me, I think that Richardson is just a little bit more consistent in the other areas of his game, especially blocking. He sets up a much better block than Herrera. Herrera is going to be a, a bully from the baseline, and he's going to bring in some offensive flair. But I mean, there's also I think there's different mentalities there. Which Rich Lickley is a veteran in this league, right? He's won Scudettos before with with Lube. He knows how to get it done. Whereas Herrera still needs to earn his spot a little bit. That's why I love the dynamic between the two of them. Yeah, they're very different, and I, I agree with starting Rickliski every time. But when he's bad, which he was, you bring in the the young, explosive Cuban lefty off the bench, and it worked out for Perugia. So because of all those options, like like Tommy and I previewed going into the year, we think that if you took their seven bench players and put them in as a Super League team, they would still make the playoffs, and I'll absolutely stand by that. So as, as Perugia starts to give the starters a match off here and there the rest of the regular season, which they will, I doubt their level is going to drop that much, to be honest. No, I mean, I think we might see them lose a game here, here or two, but at this point, everyone knows it doesn't matter. So, right. But do you do, actually wait? Do you think? What do you think? Do you think they go for the perfect season? Like, is that that, like going for the perfect season, like like a Canigliano type run? Is it that tantalizing? Like, is it that much? Is it that worth it? If it were me, I would say no. It's not worth it. You need to prioritize Champions League, and you need to prioritize the playoffs, the the Italian playoffs. So you can't you can't just bench everybody because you have to keep your your momentum and your level high when meaningful matches do come around, which in Champions League they will. I mean, tomorrow they play Duran in Champions League, and while they're way better than Duran, they've really got to win that match three zero. So you better believe you're going to see the starters the whole time. Same deal when you get to the Champions League playoffs, but. They're because they've they've choked so hard in terms of trying to win a Scudetto the last couple of years. I don't think they can afford to shift their priority away from that. The Scudetto must be their priority, even maybe even more than Champions League. I, I think that I, there's I think there's more pressure for them to win a Scudetto than there is to win Champions League. There, there's virtually no pressure to to go undefeated this year. That is doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things what matters is them winning the five trophies that they can win they're two for five italian cup champions league scudetto still on the way those have got to be their three priorities all right fair enough let's uh let's talk about verona milano eh? i think that's i think that that's oh, uh, yeah that's the only one we haven't we haven't talked about yet and that yeah, one is interesting that... because Two teams who were uh, up into like Verona looked like they were going down. Milano looked like they were coming up, and then all of a sudden, just one eighties by both. Yeah, uh, we got the, we got kind of the Maxim Sapochkov that we saw at the very start of the year for Verona. I think that was a huge difference. Fourteen for twenty with only one error is insane. He was keeping the ball way way higher. I don't know how what or why it took Stoichev that long to to get this into his head, or if if he'll c- continue this level up. But when you are literally seven foot four. You don't need to hit the ball downwards. You need to keep the ball as high as you can, 
hit over the top of people the way that he was doing to start the season. Now here he goes again, uh, avoiding the block the way a guy of that size probably should. Uh, great day attacking from Namori Keita as well. And because they could chuck high balls to Saposhkov, Keita's terrible, terrible, terrible serve reception didn't end up mattering that much. But also... Yeah, but he not... only got targeted 11 times. Exactly. Bad service right? strategy from Milano. Bad, Bad service, strategy service strategy. Like, why aren't you going the worst passer... In the league, probably, right? Gagini isn't, isn't like some magician. Like, we've seen some bad numbers from him all year, and he they made him look good at 50% perfect and 64% positive, right? Even The Rock was was pretty good at, at 28 and 39. So, man, like Milano needs to go out there with a different serving strategy and maybe put a little bit more onto it. I don't know. Hit the ball a little harder. And Everett, what did I say last week when we were talking about Milano's turnaround? Remember what I said about the redistribution of their offense? Yeah. I, I, I said that they were going to Jean Patry less and they were yeah. having more success. It's not because Patry is bad. It's because Poro is bad at setting can't, Patry. Can't set the ball and, on the right side. And sure enough, what do we see in the offensive distribution for Milano in this match? Patry gets 30 balls, not very efficient. Next closest no. is 19. The exact opposite of the thing that made them successful in their recent run. So bad offensive distribution strategy and bad service strategy. Yeah, this this was just Milano needs to Stupid get out of their own way. It out of their own way. This one, I don't know. Like who's making that call? Is it Patry who's looking for more balls? Is it Piazza who's getting his own way? Probably. I mean, we all know. You know, he's like number two stooge after Stoichev, and now that Bernardi's gone. Um, so this one, it just, it just continues with how unpredictable the season has been. Very, very, very unpredictable. And speaking of things that are unpredictable, I think we'll want to talk about Sienna beating Chisterna just a little bit more. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the stats cause I didn't watch this game. Pedar Zierlich didn't play sets three or four. If somebody watched Sienna versus Chisterna, let us know if Zilich got hurt because I didn't I didn't hear about that, but I can't think of any other reason to pull your clearly best offensive player out of the match against the worst team in the league. They did they did, however, make a lot of changes in set three. But for Sienna, we talked about Julio Pinali going down. He had a significant ankle injury. He's done for the year. Federico Pereira came in off the bench and played great, but I'm not sure how sustainable that's gonna be. And like Sam, they, they got a really good day out of both Van Garter and in Petrich. Kind of like we said when they won last week. That's You can't bank on that being sustainable. But I did see a rumor. This is, what the, we said, this is what we said last week, too, about Van, right? Van Garter. And, listen to and this. he's done the same thing. Listen to this. I saw a rumor in the Discord that Sienna has gone out and tried to immediately replace Giulio Pinali in none other than a, a guy who we haven't heard of in international volleyball in at least five years, maybe closer to ten. Remember a Polish character by the name of Zbigniew Bartman? Remember, Bartman. remember Bartman? I think he that wants Bartman. Bartman posted on Instagram today that he was flying to Italy. The the, the rumors are strong that that of all places, Sienna is going to go bring Zbigniew Bartman out of basically retirement because I haven't heard of him in, since like the 2012 Olympics. They're going to go out and get Bartman to come back and play the second half of the year in Italy, which is amazing. Oh wow, he's he is literally going to Italy right there now. There it is, yeah. That's with, a, that's... with with volleyballs in in his okay. Uh Bartman. Bartman, dude. I, I seriously I haven't I haven't seen him or there, heard there, of him since I'm for, I'm pretty sure it was twenty twelve Olympics. For context, 
Bartman came out at the same time around Bartosz Kurek, right. and there was a lot of Polish people who thought that Bartman might be better than Kurek. He was a lot different player, and then he got some injuries. Like he was, he was a, a small flyer. But man, if he could be even half the player what he was, I mean, maybe that still might be a lot to play in Superliga. Maybe I'm just remembering him like you know some some <laughs> rosy memories of when I was yeah. a decade younger. But still, my memory is the same. It's my I have a memory of him being literally ten years younger. But he was a baller back at the time, kind of like a Carl Butrin play type. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his goal, Siena's goal, is to not get relegated, and they're very much in the race to be successful and not getting relegated so you bring in bartman if he steals you a match or maybe even a set here and there that might be good enough i mean they're certainly not trying to make the playoffs so uh i'm, I'm just no, kind of fascinated just trying to, see, to stay alive right kind of fascinating to see bartman again after all these years if that is in fact uh what's gonna happen honestly if i was cm just call up verona and be like yo you have a seven foot two lefty on your bench and mads ked jensen can we borrow him for a little bit like Maybe that would work. I don't know if that's allowed, but hey. All right, we should we should move on to uh, the the uh, women's Lega Valley Femenili because not as spicy and but still pretty. We had a couple big wins this week. Most notably, Novara going three two over Scandici. Scandici still getting used to their new setter, but man, Novara actually looked pr- pretty good in this one. Uh, Canigliano dropped a set, but I mean, after that, it was uh, nothing doing. Pierre Firenze uh, managed to come back and on the reverse swerp, uh, reverse swerp. The reverse sweep on uh, Pinarolo, and then finally, Bergamo. All over Verona as Malone, or sorry Malone's as they continue to fall uh, in the standings. Jo- or Rob, what do you want to start with? I almost called you Josh. This is getting weird. Dude, you're, you're you're struggling over there. Let's yeah, talk about Scandici versus Novara because it's the best the best match combined between the two teams. I assume there's still uh, two and three in the standings. Actually, let's look at that. Uh, yep, still two and three in the standings, but. Uh, I agree with you. You mentioned that Scandici is still kind of getting used to the new setter situation with Diao coming in from China. More importantly, they are, they have big foreigner limit problems. Kind, kind of in a similar way to what Malonza has, but I mean, they, they, they couldn't even sub substitute out middles and setters and like they had to keep doing a kind of a 6-2 thing with like Diulio and Amtropova was one combo, and then Yao and Mingardi was the other, and they kept had to keep doing that because they couldn't change in just one of them because of the foreign limit. Also important to point out that Brenda Castillo didn't play, and she's awesome. But like Scandici, if they if they're fragile because of the because of their foreigner situation, if they have one player that doesn't play well and they try to make a change, they're really really badly handcuffed by the foreigner situation. So they're yeah, going to be absolutely. fine because they have out, just outstanding talent across the board. Uh, but when when something doesn't go right, seeing what they do about that is really interesting. And Everett, I think it's worth talking about. Is is Zhu Ting an unclutch player? She was terrible in the fifth set in this match, despite being outstanding the rest of the way. I think like clutchness is something that you have to practice. And let's be honest, she hasn't had many opportunities to practice and hasn't really been, you know, especially playing in, in the, she's been in the Chinese league for the past few years. You're, she's not going to get really pushed there. She hasn't really been playing for the national team and the Chinese national team hasn't really been that relevant of late either. I think it's that you kind of need to practice and I'm not entirely sure how much, opportunities she's had to practice recently okay fair enough but i mean 
she's been she's been here all season. That's what sixteen matches down. Scandici has been in situations like that. Like I don't think we can be giving her that excuse anymore. Yeah, I mean, maybe or maybe not. But at the end of the day, she scored twenty three points, only a point behind Karakurt, where she only had four errors compared to Karakurt's nine. Right. So maybe it's not so much to do so what she's doing, and maybe what's going on her around her a little bit more. But she went one for nine in the fifth. Like that—that's the difference to me. Is that you had a good match until the fifth set? Okay, yeah, because she scored twenty three. So what? Then she scored twenty two points in, in sets one through four and carried this team. It sounds to me like she was tired, and that volleyball goes a little bit too long sometimes. You know, <laughs> like I think you 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 expect that. That's one thing about the the emotional character. This we've seen her die late late too. Oh. And would you call character unclutch? I mean, maybe I would. Uh, but she managed to get the get the job done done today. Uh, Mackenzie Adams was absolutely fa- fantastic. Um, for them i mean so is on Denise, uh huge like yeah. what 19 points as a middle yeah, blocker five is five blocks amazing as well was, was pretty good washington was pretty good for for scandici but they just need to give her get get her the ball um some more and, and she only had what four five kills that's not great so to me if if i look at scandici they just need to figure out their setter their setter problems and that's what they did and it just didn't really or that's what they try to do it just hasn't worked out yet yeah, I think they'll get there. Uh, speaking of setters, uh, Carlota Combi, new to Novara, looks pretty good. Uh, they went out and solved a couple of their problems, mostly just injury-based uh, in the middle of the season, and Novara's playing decently well, so uh, mm-hmm. good for them. Uh, I, I do want to talk about Bergamo beating Malonza, though. Absolutely. 100%. I'm actually I'm high on this Bergamo team. Where are they on the standings right now? Let's see. Uh, still seventh. And again, last year, they were a point away from getting relegated. Like, they were bad bad last year and they went out and didn't even change overwhelmingly much they got a new setter julia Gennari, who was the backup of Corneliano. they got federica stufi in the middle who's just kind of a a good leader type but this team's actually low-key deep and good khalil lanier is having an amazing year she's been really really good they've got three capable outsides and then more more and more they have this brazilian lefty named lorena on the right side whose leash is getting shorter because she sprays the ball out of bounds all the time. This one, they bring in Georgia Frosini off the bench, who was a go-news backup in Corneliano last year, and she was amazing. She was similarly good a couple weeks ago when I called one of their games. I mean, 15 for 39 off the bench is is pretty damn good in the women's game. So a uh, big yeah. one for Bergamo, but we, we, it's I think it's become a weekly segment at this point. Malone's a figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> loans to figure it out, man. We should, we should, we uh, should, we should add a little bit of branding for that and and uh, and a title sequence because you're right, Malone's Figure it out over the week. Does... Sponsored by Vero Volley Malone's. I can't even figure yeah. out their own name. Can't figure them out on the court either. Yeah, they've they've lost their last their last two and and they've just been kind of floating along. I mean, this is a team once again that was in the the finals last year, and I don't know if they're going to be able to figure it out if they just stuck with one they'd be able to but when you have that many good players it's going to be impossible someone's going to get pissed off somewhere they even pulled alessia oro in this one so things must really not have been going well i mean you have to bring in the backup setter is crazy jordan thompson got pulled then got put back in uh stevanovich got pulled miriam Silla got pulled like this is an absolute revolving door for malonza and the thing that we make fun of them for literally all the time uh sure enough comes back to bite them against a good team, but definitely an inferior team, especially with like talent top to bottom considered. 
Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, this is a team that is still solidly amongst the top four, four on the team. Like if we look at the stand or the, sorry, the top five in the league, like you look at the standings, there is a group of teams that is ahead above the rest, right? You see Kyria that, that uh, like really that border there, those top five teams with 35 points. So Malonza still has some time to figure it out. Um, for me, it's that who's going to be sitting six through eight because but all three of those teams have come up with some pretty big wins recently. But Firenze, I feel like, is getting a little bit hot. I, I feel they're, they're no, they went down 0-2 to Pinarolo. Pinarolo's terrible. yeah, but they I've... they didn't start. They didn't start uh, Malinov, right? That's that's a big reason why they brought Malinov in and they were able to pull off the reverse the reverse sweep. So, wow, what is she going to be able to do to to help them push? I don't know. I think it might be too little, too late from Firenze um, and Britt Herbots hasn't been having the season that we were expecting from her, but still, I think it's going to be an interesting race down the stretch because uh, remember, like we're not nearly as far along in the women's super Lega season as we are as the, in this men's super, uh, super or sorry, the women's Lega volley season than the men's super Lega. So that, there's still pl- yeah. plenty of time there. Men's side's got only six matches left. The women's side has 10. Uh, so a, a lot more volleyball left to be played for sure. Uh, but I mean, I'm just excited for there to be some drama in terms of who makes the playoffs. Because remember last year in the women's league, there was a massive drop off after team number after team eight. Like between eight and nine was like separated by ten points. So yeah, there is absolutely no drama on who is going to make the playoffs this year. There will be, but again, very similar to the men's league, you do not want to be the eighth seed. You do not want to play Caneliano in the first round. Everybody else, even Scandici, Novara, obviously Malonza, they all have weaknesses. I would describe them all as beatable. I would not say the same about Caneliano. So making the playoffs isn't going to be good enough for a lot of these teams because if you get eighth, you're just going to get a participation trophy. Thanks for participating. 2-0, see you later. But uh, if you get if you get in, in the seventh or especially sixth, you can actually do some damage. So that's going to be the, the fun part to follow along with here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not as as distinct as it is on the men's side uh, with that top team from everyone else, but it's pretty damn close with Canigliano, who's just been running away with it. Amazing. Comment in the chat. Imagine how much worse Malonzo would be without Jordan Larson. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they, they would be even more clueless than they already are. I, I shudder at the thought. Also, right back above that, Volleybox has Bartman as official. <laughs> but I can't wait to see that. All right, uh, staying with Italian women's volleyball, let's talk about the Coppa Italia, Everett, because the quarterfinals are this week. We actually had a game today, Coneliano against Cuneo, which was an absolute slaughter. Just a a beatdown. It wasn't even close. Set scores were like something like 12-19-12. Yeah, 12-19-12. I'm not even going to bother looking at stats or, or analyzing this thing at all because it was that ridiculously lopsided so good for Corneliano they moved to the semifinals but the other three quarterfinals are tomorrow they're all at 2:30 eastern and i think they're all going to be pretty good Novara versus Chieri, Scandici versus Bergamo and Malonza versus Casal Maggiore i think all of those could be pretty good yeah absolutely i was going to kind of write them off but looking at this one there's upset potential across the board right Chieri's been not bad this weekend or this year Bergamo has been good of late uh they just came off a big win and then Casal Bajori as well has has gotten some big wins and Malonza has been struggling. So anything's possible, um, but Canigliano is going to win it all. Barring barring anything drastic, Canigliano is going to win it all. Yeah, remember uh, Casa Maggiore just beat Malonza like a week and a half ago. They beat him in five. So I I think that one's going to be pretty fun. Uh, Let's see. What happened when Scandici played Bergamo last? 
uh, I don't know if I can find it. Uh, Scandici beat him in four, three to one in Bergamo. So Scandici's got some some good history there. Bergamo just picked up a huge win. Scandici just lost to Novara. Novara versus Kiri, who knows? Maybe you get bad Abra character. Maybe Kiri can steal it. So those are going to be good. I'm annoyed that they're all at the same time, and I'm annoyed that it's all part of a ridiculous day of volleyball tomorrow. So yeah. there's only so I much mean, we can do, only so much volleyball we can watch at one time. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, there's sorry we, we we will not be watching because there's a million other things going on. That's that's the the sad reality of it. That is a sad reality. But obviously, we'll talk about it on next week's show. Um, Anything else about Copa Italia women's or anything before we move nope. on? But here's a photo of uh, Corneliana moving on today. Great. But <laughs> <laughs> Lush is always at the center of the party, man. I love her. I, She's I, so yeah. awesome. <laughs> I wonder how... It, let, me, let me look up the, the duration of this match. It's the only thing I actually care about. Uh, an hour and nine. An hour and nine ooh, minutes. It's real close to an hour and shower. Time, an hour and shower. <laughs> I almost feel that you should give it to them, right? Because like the nine minutes means that like... Like what? There's three minutes between each set. Yeah, that's just the break you're gonna between have a, sets. And you're just gonna have you're just gonna have a few timeouts in there. So that's an hour and shower. Let's give let's give it to them as an hour and shower. I'm, I'm gonna give it to them. I think anything under an hour ten or maybe even hour fifteen. I think we can call it an hour and shower. I think hour and shower should go on a t-shirt, Rob. Well, you know where you can buy such things. You can. And you know what, guys? We made a promise to everyone. We said that if we hit 10,000 subscribers on the YouTube and 1,000 members in the Discord, we would give you a, a deal. And that's exactly what we've done. So first and foremost, thank you to everyone who has uh, followed this channel, the second iteration of this channel, and who has joined um, the Discord. Um, so we thank you. We're going to give you all 50% off. Uh, your entire purchase over at that volleyball.sport store. If you use the code spicy, you get $25 off uh, the entire thing. So make sure you guys Not $25, go. $25. Oh, sorry. Sorry. For, 20, I don't know why I, I, I don't know why I said $25 at all there. I'm just <laughs> making things up as I go. Do as do as I've written and not as I say, okay? Uh, but you can go pick up some of uh, the nine by nine gear. You can't pick up any, any of the VLA gear just yet. Maybe we can work some uh, some branding deal out with them and to be and sell some of the gear in the store. But make sure to check it out. You can get your nine by nine square geared, um, your spicy volleyball gear, uh, and everything else that we sell. So go uh, check that out. Use the code spicy for fifteen percent off. Yep. Uh, thank you all so much for getting us to 10,000 YouTube subscribers, 1,000 Discord members. We were looking at the numbers last week, and yeah, like yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to that this weekend, like especially while we were in Austin, and we did. So uh, cause for celebration and cause for uh, a little sale on that volleyball store. So uh, code is spicy, all caps for 15 percent off. All right, Everett, uh, what do you want to talk about next? Where do you want to go next? Next, um, well, I mean, we already previewed uh, the CEV Champions League for this weekend. As we said, you can go over and check that out with uh, Mr. Eric Shoji uh, on our YouTube channel. Or oh, that one's uploaded to uh, to Podbean as well. You can get it on all the audio podcasts. Uh, I haven't put it up there, but I will. I, I, ha- okay. I, can, I can rip the audio from the show. But uh, yeah, that was great. It was great to talk with Eric Shoji about all the chaos that is week six of Champions League. But just as a quick, quick overview, here's the matches for this week. This is the final week of the, you know, the pool round, fourth round, whatever they're calling it these days. Uh, unlike a lot of the weeks, it's not Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. All Wednesday. All the matches on Wednesday, many of them at the same time. The, so Hawk Bank versus Haybar, first thing in the morning for us North Americans. 
But the real one that's going to determine a lot of the other seedings is Yashemsky versus Friedrichshafen. That is noon Eastern on Wednesday, uh, 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific. You do the math if you're if you're in Europe. I think that's like 6 p.m. Central European time. That one's huge. Not not because I'll be on the call, which I will, but because if JW wins 3-0, there's a great chance to get the number one all, overall seed in this bracket right here. And that's kind of going to be what what teams are looking at going into their later matches is does JW win 3-0 or does Hoffen take a set from them? I think that'll kind of influence a lot of the storylines the rest of the day. So if you want to hear the details, go listen to our chat with Eric Shoji. And Everett, we've got a little plan for tomorrow, don't we? Yeah, well, luckily, if you want to watch that most important game of the day, uh, yours truly, Mr. Rob St. Clair, will be on the call, so you don't have to suffer through it uh, just because of someone's accent. Um, and <laughs> But at the same time, I will be going live on this here YouTube channel. Honestly, not decided if I'm going to make it public or we're going to be members only yet. That We're going to have to decide on that. But I'm going to be doing a little bit of a live watch-along because there's going to be so many games at the same time. We're going to need to figure things out. And once Rob is going to be done on his call, um, which honestly, the way JW has been playing, originally I would have called it like a th- an easy hour and shower for JW, but JW has been all over the place. So has Friedrich Schaff, and so it's going to it's going to be interesting. But once Rob is done on the call of that game, he's going to come join us on uh, our live stream, and we're going to watch this one all the way through because we've got uh, those are your times, right? So you've got games yeah. starting at okay, okay. So games start at noon, not at eleven. That's that's a little bit later than I thought. That's yeah. that's nice. But we got games noon, noon noon Eastern. Yeah, noon, uh, 30, uh, 1 Eastern, or er, yeah, noon, uh, 1 o'clock, one thirty, two, and then 2.30 Eastern time. Yep, a uh, bunch of really good ones in there. I think the one must, must, must watch game is Berlin hosting Zabierce. That is an absolutely enormous game. Remember, Berlin beat him in Poland last time. Trentino versus Zaxa would normally be must watch volleyball, but both of them are guaranteed to make it out of their pool. So it's not quite as spicy as it would normally be. And depending on JW's result, I think there's, I really think there's a chance Trentino plays the bench. Uh, so. Yeah, we'll see. We'll talk talk about all that tomorrow during our little live stream. So, uh, yeah, follow along with Men's Champions League. Tomorrow is going to be an absolutely massive, massive day. And it will be a, a even bigger day because of a match that we're not going to be able to ro- watch, uh, Rob. And I'm pissed about it. I'm pissed about it. Last, last week on the show, we talked about one of the best games so far of 2023 was the week before when Lundberg upset Modena 3-2 at home in Lundberg. Now, we got to watch that game on uh, sportdeutschland.tv. It was awesome. Now it goes to Italy. It's up to Modena to put on a stream, and we get nothing. We get nothing. We can't watch this game. It's like it's 1930 out here. Even worse, we have to wait till the newspaper the next damn day. What is going on? What is absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane that the the CEV insists on handling broadcasting the way that they do, and this is their fault. It is, it is the CEV's fault for enforcing a, a certain standard of broadcast for every game, no matter what. It's got to be elite, elite, top-tier professional production quality, no matter what. And Sport Deutschland, Sport Deutschland they footed the bill to broadcast that game in Lundberg. But Modena okay, is, so is refusing to do so, and neither is the CEV. And so just because you can't broadcast it to the most elite professional standard means, apparently, that we can't watch it at all, which is absolutely insane. It was it was Absolutely one of the most insane. one of the most dramatic games of the year two weeks ago and or two weeks ago one week ago what two weeks ago one of the most two dramatic ago, games yeah. of the year all sorts of spice on and off the court there was a, a 
we got some some DMs uh, the nine by nine Instagram account. We we had a little dialogue with with the Loonberg Instagram account uh, talking about some very interesting allegations that they made against Modena's club not fulfilling obligations, being unprofessional, being horrible sports, Honestly, all the drama in the Modena world, and we can't want to be embarrassed. I just think Modena doesn't want to be embarrassed. Right, like seriously, you're one of the most legendary volleyball clubs in the world, and you can't foot the bill for one broadcast for the CEV Cup. It should be mandated. How is this not mandated? Right, like it's it's absolutely ludicrous that this is the case on 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 one side, but then the second side, like figure it out, CEV. You're running most of your streams are terrible, anyways. Right. You want eighty million cameras, but they all stream on seven twenty. Once again, the standards are like the bare minimum and we can't figure it out. It's just so frustrating. But, 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 but I have learned that a certain, a certain, certain friends of the show, let's say, have reinforcements on the ground in Modena and that maybe a certain Instagram account uh, will be, you know, providing some live updates. So we will be watching that closely. Um I don't want to go out and say it because no, I don't want them no, to get, no, 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 no. like everyone knows who we're talking about. If you're yeah. watching this, you know who you're talking about, unless you're a boomer in a trench coat and then you're de- desperately trying to figure it out. And I promise you won't. Um, but yeah, so that's, we're going to, we're going to keep close tabs on that. And you know what, if there's any type of, even if it's a brief live component, let's say uh, you'll be able to find it uh, on during our live stream. So, we're going to be watching that, monitoring that closely throughout the match. And the best place to get all the commentary and maybe what, find out what's going to be going on will be on our stream tomorrow. Yeah, it legitimately will be. It's like the actual only place you'll be able to follow along with this online, which is so stupid. Uh, join the Volleyball Source Discord, obviously. Uh, that That is a no-brainer at this point. But uh, if you are wondering what we're, what we're talking about, uh, we, we might be able to tell you in there. Um, Speaking of CEV Cup, by the way, Everett, I, I think it's I think it's important to remind people of a discovery that we made a couple of weeks ago about the redone format of that tournament, which I just kind of stumbled upon digging through some things. If uh, as Everett just chokes and dies over north of the border, there, geez, dude. Uh, it, so as we're talking about Champions League, like to go back to the Champions League bracket, you see there's that one third place team that makes it out of their pool in Champions League. Of the five pools, you know, five five teams will finish third in their pool. One of them will make it out. The other four who don't make it out actually drop down to the CEV Cup, which is new this year. I think our friend Blair Lambert was saying that it was how it used to be back in the day. But so like the, the teams in Champions League that that get third in their pool but don't advance are going to drop down and play CEV Cup, and that might produce some interesting matchups. Like uh, Piacenza is still in. I think Scra is still in. Uh, obviously Modena and Lundberg, and I can't remember who the other one is, but but there's there's going to be a decent little injection of some quality teams in the CV Cup after the main round of Champions League is over. Well, guess what? If that one's not streamed, I don't care because it should be. Okay, CV, figure your shit out. Figure Sorry, I just out. choked on I, I choked on the, some tea there. It wasn't uh, wasn't a good wasn't a good deal. All right, uh, so th- that's it for Men's Champions League. We already covered it in significant depth with Eric shows you, so go watch that show if you want more, and we'll see you on tomorrow's Watch Along. Let's talk about Women's Champions League, Everett, uh, because they had their week four last week as they continue to try and catch up in the schedule. And the first match I want to talk about is this one. Mm-hmm. The, yep. only re- the only reason I want to talk about it is Zajabasha beating Maritza Plovdiv, a team from Bulgaria. 
is because this was the CEV's super match of the week. Of all the matches that you could have possibly chosen to feature, and just particularly spotlight if you're the CEV, why would you pick one that produces a set score of 25 to 5? 25 to 5. That is not a typo. It's Zajibasha beat Plovdiv in the third set. 25 to 5. That is absolutely embarrassing. That is a bad product, and you should not be promoting that, CEV. And it's not like it's the first time that Plovdiv has been embarrassing in Champions League. They win the Bulgarian League every year for the last, like, 20 years, and they never win a Champions League game. Figure it out. That is bad volleyball. That is a bad product. Do not promote that. Show another better game instead, like this one. Potsdam upsetting Vakov. This this is we're going to talk a little bit about about Vakov Bank here because they have had a rough week both in the Champions League and then back in the Sutra Ligi. But yeah, let's start with this one first and foremost. And I'm starting to believe in the Agonu curse, where oh. just kind of make everything wilt around her, and. It's so weird to see because I don't see like usually when this happens, you can see the toxicity around one player kind of immerse themselves to the rest, but you don't see that with a Gonu. Like she seems like to be a, a really good teammate. So I don't understand why it happens. And she was all right in this one, 21 for 44, but with eight errors, that's pretty, pretty big. And just is Vakov bank just, not looking good right now, not looking the team like this is the team that won everything last year, adding the best player and somewhat coming out as a lesser team. So they thought that they could sleep on Potsdam and not play the starters. I think that's definitely a problem. Gabi did not play. Uh, I think she somebody some of the discord might have said that she got like tweaked something in warmups, maybe, and uh, they thought they could win in without her. So they didn't play her. That obviously didn't work out very well. Uh, Egonu's error rate was a huge problem. I, I tuned in halfway through this match last Wednesday because I expected Vakipek to take their, take care of Potsdam no problem, and then it was it was getting a little interesting. I watched the fifth set. Egonu made some unforgivably bad hitting errors in big situations, totally unforced, just wild balls hit out of bounds that you just if you're a player that commands that level of respect and salary and you know everything that comes to Pella Egonu, you just cannot make those mistakes. And she made those mistakes. And I mean, credit to Potsdam because they played amazing. But I really think that this is Vakif Bank sleeping on a team that they should not have slept on. But they slept on a team and then got reverse swept. That's bad. That to me is is, really is kind of the biggest indicator because that's that's probably why you didn't see Gabi. Because you walk through them in the first two sets, and by that time she's cold on the bench. To me, when I see stuff like this, and you know, maybe the same the same thing with Wuju Ting and, and Garakurt, it's just it just kind of reminds me that volleyball is a really long game, right? We expect um, like anaerobic athletes to play almost like an aerobic type of game, right? You are jumping every time you jump to there's a blocking or a hit you are max jumping you're, you're going all out and just once you get into these long five setters that what was the the the, the hulk bank versus uh Zavieci game was like it was three hours shy of three hours yeah. that's ridiculous like that that's absolutely in, insane when when you look at how long a volleyball game is compared to what type of action they're doing and i I really think maybe we're looking at games that are just too long, and that's why we're seeing just the the level of game deteriorate, especially later on. 
I don't like that take. I think that the longer a game goes, the better it gets. It gets more fun. It encourages conditioning. It encourages depth. It encourages digging deep and giving everything that you've got in the tank to win a match. Volleyball has been best of five for its entire history. It's been best of five rally scoring for almost 25 years. It's not the time to start complaining about how long games are. When If, if, a game, if you're going to complain about how long a game is, don't get reverse swept by Potsdam being one of the best teams in the world finish yeah, it out in true. three if you don't yeah. complain don't complain about how long games are if you're going to get reverse swept yeah i mean it's it's just tough to see but vodka Fank has some things to, to figure out because they followed this one up this stinker up with another big five set loss to Fenerbahce in the sutana league and you know what which one's worst first and foremost which one's worse in your in your experience, I think losing to Fenerbahce in the Sutana League, that's their second loss against that team, a team that hasn't been having a great season either. That's That's been up and down. I think losing to Fenerbahce is much worse. I don't. I mean, losing to Potsdam is clearly worse. Fenerbahce has got way more talent than Potsdam does. But, I mean, I know Fenerbahce has struggled lately, but their top-level talent and overall team playing ability is way higher than Potsdam's, especially Vakafeng at home. Going up 2-0, you cannot get reverse swept in a Champions League game like that. And yeah, it's it's not a good look to lose to Fenerbahce, but they've got Melissa Vargas back now. Sometimes they catch lightning in a bottle and have a good day from all their players at once, but th- that's not nearly as embarrassing of a loss as Potsdam is. Yep, you're... <sighs> I mean, I, I maybe disagree, but we'll we'll see. Also, right, why, I, I don't know. Why can't I find the stats from that from Vakafeng Fenerbahce? Why can't I? No, find I don't. That? I don't know either. Did this ha- not happen? Did we just make it up? No, I, I swear. I'm pretty sure I, that happened. What What are the Turkish people in our stat on our uh, our uh, chat saying right now? Yeah, Flash Score doesn't have it, but I could I could have sworn that match happened. It wasn't like I I thought I swore that I I showed you a scorecard from it on Saturday night when we were out together. I think I think you did. Huh. We we might have just invented a game. I mean it wasn't in Yeah, the, we may have. It wasn't in the Turkish Cup. I'm looking at that. Obviously okay. it wasn't in the Super Cup. Like what happened here? I don't know. <laughs> well let, let me let me click on click on Vakafink here and see if it tells us. Uh, most most recent all results. Uh we we might have we might have invented a game just now. Oh. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. I wonder <laughs> what happened here. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, I don't, dude. That that's so weird because yeah, we saw we. I remember seeing a a, a post about them losing in five to Fenerbahce. Maybe that was like an all the way throwback to the Super Cup back at the beginning of the year that just like showed up in your Instagram feed for some reason. What yeah. Okay. There? I don't know, but I I thought I I saw that. I don't yeah, know. All right. I, I thought I thought we saw it too. I think we just invented a game. Uh, Vakif Bank definitely did lose to Potsdam, so uh, that one that that one is confirmed. That one did happen. Uh, but I guess, all right, I, let's just I guess let's we just eliminate invent, that. I guess we just invented a game. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, I'll take the blame because I showed uh, Rob that score. <laughs> oh man, we're getting we're getting, possibly we're getting to inventing inventing games now that didn't happen. Boy, are we are we struggling? I mean this. 
this did happen <laughs> potentially on Saturday, and we were struggling on Saturday. So that that, was, that, that, uh, yeah, that was a little bit later. Uh, other things from Women's Champions League Week Four matches that we can confirm did in fact happen. Speaking of Fenerbahce, they uh, they rebounded and beat Stuttgart, who they lost to last time. Um, kind of keeping their chances alive of probably not winning their pool in Champions League, but at least like making it out of the playoffs. So good for them. Uh, Chemik Polizze, who fired their coach a couple weeks ago, needed five to beat this Targoviste team. I don't know where they're from. Maybe like Romania or something like that. Uh, but the weird part about this was like the spread and set scores that I saw. Like Targoviste won the fourth, 25 to 13. And then Polizze rebounded in the fifth and won at 15 to four. So I did see that. Yeah. I just don't understand what, like, how how a game can be that lopsided. Betting. And yeah, uh, Targoviste is a Romanian team. I guessed correctly on that one. All right. Well, one's the, the next big week for Women's Champions League is uh, next week. Right. Yeah. It's Correct. not. It's not this week. It's next week, like January thirty first, Feb first, Feb second. So. Yeah, and that and that'll be week number five. So still two more weeks to go uh, on the in the Women's Champions League. Yep. All right. Uh, Let's. Where, where do you want to go next? We we got to do uh, Polish Liga. men briefly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the Polish Liga. A um, couple things. One was one of the matches of the year that I, I hope got. I hope we can give the attention it deserves. Warsaw versus Skra Belkatov. That was ridiculous. Three to two. Warsaw wins. They have continued a really nice rebound after a rough start to the year. Twenty seven twenty five in the fifth. Twenty seven twenty five in a game to fifteen is something that I don't know if I've ever seen before. That's crazy. No, that's that is pretty intense. Warsawa looking good blocking. 25 blocks overall, 11 points that uh, resulted in that they were big up there. Linus Weber, 24 points. He was 23 for 35, which with a 54% efficiency, that's not bad from the German. Those are some numbers that we haven't seen from the likes of him in a long time. So that's a big win for Warsaw. They have a big bounce back season from what was almost like they finished on the outside of the playoffs last year. This year, they are solidly in there. Uh, so big, big ups to Warsaw. But on the other side, that was like one of the first like signs of life we've seen some scrub routes but they are, it's not, in, they're not in serious jeopardy of not only are they in serious jeopardy of not making the playoffs, but it's almost like a certainty at this point, right? Like if, if you look at them, like, they are a good five points behind Nisa, but I, like Lublin is good. I put Slepska ahead of them. Like I think Scraw right now is appropriately ranked. I mean, Filippo Lanza, you might have good hair, but you can't ball anymore, bro. Dude, so, they, they he, gave he Filippo Lanza sixes. Yeah, on forty three attempts, they they are in a, a a sad mess of affairs to be giving yeah, Filippo Lanza. Yeah, that's that's pretty darn good. But like, I mean, what? What what combination of events has to transpire where you're where the best option for your team is to give Felipe Alonso forty three balls? Remember when he well, played? At, remember when he played at Perugia? They literally wouldn't set him in the front court. He was so useless as a front court attacker that they would run Wilfredo Leon out of position five instead of setting Alonso in, in position four. How how do yeah. you go from that to taking forty three swings for Scrabelkito? 
because you're paying Alexander Antonisievich a lot of money to be your star right side who doesn't even sniff the court. So you have Lucas Vecina on the right side. And I mean, he's pretty good. But at the end of the day, you you need Lanza to, to be good. And I mean, Lanza was good. And I feel like you, you those old men have those random good old good old games where they're, they're feeling like they're 20. Can have that. That's what I promise you. He's going to be bad in his next game. Yeah, it was uh, Vecina at outside hitter. This Victor oh, Musial character that I have never heard of uh, started opposite and played terribly. Uh, but yeah, credit to Vershava. It's good to see Linus Weber healthy. I know he's been really struggling to to stay on the court due to injury this year. This Jakub Kovalchik character came out of nowhere in the middle and everybody was obsessed with how well he played. Uh, so good for him. I know that uh, Arthur Schalpuk's having a great year. This wasn't his best match. Kevin Tilly was pretty good. So uh, mm-hmm. crazy one, 27-25. Uh, obviously is going to grab some attention. Um, another team that's been steadily climbing up the standings is Olsten. Rough start of the year for them. They're back in the playoff position at seventh. But unfortunately, in their win this week, uh, Josh Tuininga, their starting setter, and uh, I mean, good American boy. I'm a big fan of his. He fell weirdly on his elbow and injured it significantly, had to have surgery pretty much immediately, and is out for somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 weeks. So there's a very good chance that his club season is over, and I I don't know uh, how we can how much we can really rely on him on, for the national team level, depending on his recovery. But really tough break for Olsen to lose the engine of, of a very good offense. Uh, so our best wishes to Josh as, as he recovers from I think it was an elbow. I think elbow surgery is what he had to have. So real quick, if we're going to just shift to the American team, Team USA focus, and I'll Rob I'll ask you this question: Who do you go for your next setter? Because there's there's kind of three options there. One, you can go to Michael Ma'a, who in my book is hands down the next best guy, but has showed some reluctancy to want to play for Team USA. Specifically, said no last summer to play uh, grass with the out of system boys, and I feel like the way that things are going for them, they would do that again, right? Two, you can go to uh, an older guy uh, who's been on the roster, played some VNL, is having a decent year over at Hershing when, in James Shaw. Or you go for the young gun in Quinn Isaacson, who's been doing having a fantastic year and turning some things around for St. Isaac in the French League. Who would you go with? I think it's Micah Ma'a's job if he wants it. Uh, you got you got to at least try and get him back in the gym with the the way his club career has gone just on a hugely upward trajectory it's been obviously had a great year with hulk ben conquer as we've talked about gotta try and get him back in the gym if you can if you miss out on him two summers in a row that 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 might be it that legitimately might be it for his national team career so if you're spara that is all on you to go get your former ucla player back in the national team gym but past that, uh, I would prefer them give Quinn Isaacson more time than James Shaw just because of their age. Obviously, significantly different play styles, but you saw Quinn Isaacson in person at Pan Am. You were really impressed by the offense that he ran. I really like what I've seen from him too. James Shaw is, is a completely different type of player. We've talked about his career before, but he's my age. He's 28, probably 29 by now. There's not that much, like, for, for the long term, that move doesn't make sense. For the long term, um, getting Isaacson in the gym makes a lot more sense. But ideally, I would just like tuning in to recover and get healthy in time for probably Olympic qualifiers. And that should be doable, but Nations League is probably going to be a little iffy. But they're saying like eight to ten weeks, right? So that's completely doable to get, even get back to Nate for Nations League. We're talking about June. I, I don't know if I don't know if it's it's it was ten to twelve, and I don't know if that's like to be ready to play volleyball again. I think that's like post-surgery to get mobility back to try and do pt like 
I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I didn't, didn't do the surgery. I don't know anything about it, but until I hear otherwise, I'm, I'm thinking that we might need a, a different second setter for VNL. I don't know. Fair enough. All right. I personally, yeah, I would definitely go with Quinn Isaacs and myself because I don't think Ma'a is going to say yes. I think he's going to want to ball out with the out of system boys and play some grass tournaments. I think they're already talking about announcing their their summer plans. So that just leads to me to believe that neither of those three will be involved with the Team USA system. And I think Quinn Isaacson has, has, has balled out uh, a lot. Uh, one thing I do want to touch up just on the Plus Liga, we also talked about one other game, the Red Hot Lublin uh, taking on Zavieci, who's been one of the top teams uh, this year. No Nick Surgeon in Lublin for this one, and Lublin falls 3-1 um, to one to uh, Zavieci, who kind of gets things on, uh, going on a roll. 20 points for Euros Kavasevic, 13 for Bartosz Kolek, and uh, they're still, still up at the top of the standings, but Lublin has really turned things on. Uh, of late yeah they're uh where are they at ninth, uh, ninth. just yeah. just barely out of playoff position so uh, uh Scherzen, it was a minor shoulder soreness is what i heard so hopefully he'll be back soon uh Yashemsky yeah. beat nissa i mean those two teams are pretty good gdansk beat zaxa we did talk up to eric showed you a little bit about that the other day mm-hmm. uh gdansk is good rosovia looks amazing uh katowice looks terrible um Barkom Lvov looks pretty good. The Ukrainian team, uh, they're definitely not going to get relegated, so good for them. And then uh, I w- wanted to plug the podcast you did with Dalton Sanoski of uh, Bielsko Biala the other day. They're definitely going to get relegated, but it was cool to hear you hey, chat with hey, the Canadian hey. boy. Hey, I mean, yes, if you haven't <laughs> checked it out, go check out the uh, podcast with the only Canadian boy in the Plus Liga, uh, the beauty from Saskatchewan, Mr. Dalton Tanoski. So if you're a Canadian fan or if you're just a general Plus Liga fan, there's going to be a lot of good things. He praises the Plus Liga. He loves it over there. Uh, but I still believe in them. Radom isn't that good. You know what? They actually have the same the same record as them. Um, they had some 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 setter issues throughout the year, and now they're starting to figure some things out. So I I, I have faith that they're going to be able to turn some things some things around over there. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I just remembered another kind of piece of transfer news that we should talk about. So we've talked about Berlin. We know that Berlin's starting setter Angel Trinidad got hurt earlier this year. He's now back, and the guy who they brought in just kind of sit there in the gym was Arash Josanch, the mm-hmm. tall Australian setter. So now that Angel Trinidad is back. They've got him and Johannes Tila. Arasto Sanj is actually moving on to Bielsko Biawa. So he's, yes, he's going exactly. to go to, go to the Plus Liga and try to help them not get relegated. So 100%. Um, and I mean, remember, this is, this is a team that they have Jake Haynes. So you know that they've got a bit of firepower out there. Um, and also had Jan Zimmerman at the beginning of the season, who's now been balling out in Monza. So right. this is a team that was expecting to have a much different setter situation. Pierre Pujol as well. They, they, did, have, guy. they did have Pierre Pujol uh, uh, as well. So now they're onto their third international level setter, and that's uh, um, Arash Dosan. So yeah, like this is, I, I, this is a team that, I don't know, I believe in them. It, what Once again, uh, uh, Dalton does a great job breaking that down for us in my, in my chat with him from last week. They have Jake Haynes. I don't believe in them. Enough said. Uh, someone asking, is it true Mikey Christensen extended his contract with Zenny Kazan? Yes, uh, that is true. Him and Daru are both sticking around there. Uh, our, our friend Agata says, Stefan Boyer, after being awesome, is back to his usual self. He signed with Rosovia and stopped playing well. Uh, that is the rumor that Boyer is going to go to Rosovia next year, but uh, we knew that him having like 50% efficiency on the season couldn't last for long. He loves hit making hitting errors way too much to keep that up. Yeah, 100%. Uh, real quick, guys, if you're still watching, can you guys give this video a like? Um, we're 
an hour, like an hour and a half in. We've only got 13 likes. There's over 40, 40 of you watching. We've had over 200 people tune in. Like, just, just if you like what we do, just give us a like. And if you don't, um, t- come back later and tell us in the comments because we can really <laughs> use those comments as as well for. Well, um, we the... we we invented a match tonight that didn't happen, so I think that's that's, that's def- definitely worth complaining about. But uh, give give us a yeah. thumbs up at least for our creativity. Um, do we do we now that we're talking about some transfers? Oh yeah, we we should I want to talk about, about this. this too. Okay, great. Let's yeah, let's let's jump into this instead of some transfers. Yeah, we we can do that at the end of the show. Yeah, we had somebody bring up earlier that the the only good game in the Turkish league this past weekend was this one. It's Zajabasha beating Thy in five fifteen thirteen. Uh, by far the closest Zajabasha has come to actually losing a game this year. Uh, and they they do survive. Uh, let me pull up the stats right now. But how is your girl Kira Van Rijk? Um, it looks like she was all right in this one, uh, 21 points, uh, 19 for uh, 19 for 53, not the best percentage, but damn, who's Madison Rachel? Yeah. Maddie Kingdon or Madison, Maddie King, sorry, Maddie Kingdon. That's Maddie Kingdon. Um, 32 points, 20, 29 for 55 with three blocks and, um, no aces, but still 32 points for, uh, Maddie Kingdon. That's, I've, uh, I've never known good. her. That's, that's incredible. I've never known her to be a scorer. Like that's a ridiculous scoring output, 29 for 55, like, and more attempts than Van Rijk. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. I've, I've honestly never heard of her, uh, before this. And I mean, she's played some pretty good places, played for, for Arizona. Um, but yeah, that seems to me like it was a bit of a, uncharacteristic output from uh from maddie uh, uh maddie kingdom because or maddie madison rochelle as as it's on her volley box because damn they uh, they push one of the best teams in the league hard the only undefeated team in the league and uh, they still are but uh, somebody pointed out i think last show or in the discord somewhere how ridiculous zajabasha's set ratio was this year i think they'd only lost like something like one set on the year uh yeah i'm pretty sure they were like 42 and one in sets before this. And uh, they do come very, very close to losing a game, but not quite. Uh, Tiana Boschkovich, 31 for 64, uh, only four errors. Like, that's actually a really good match on crazy high volume. Yeah, I, I still am absolutely convinced that she's the best player in the world right now. She's just so good and she's got such a good arm. She's so dominant. I love watching her play. I, and you know what? More people should watch her play. It's it's almost too bad that she's in the Turkish Liga, uh, just just because like I think like volleyball world needs to go out and get the the Turkish league. Because yeah, we've he, said it several times. I completely like, agree. Like the the Plus Liga already has a great great product, but the Turkish Liga outside of Turkey needs to be on volleyball world. It it, it would be uh, amazing just just to be able to watch that because. It is hands down the second. It is arguably the best league in the world, but definitely at least the top two. Oh yeah, I'll I'll still put it second. Like I always say, the bad teams in Turkey are way worse than the bad teams in Italy. But uh, the top level, I mean, Zajibash could easily go out and win Champions League, and I don't think it would really surprise anyone. So uh, good for them for for surviving, uh, surviving their biggest challenge so far of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do we do we want to close things off with a few uh, college notes here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, check out all of our videos from the weekend of Everett and I being in Austin for the First Point Collegiate Challenge, an NCAA men's event that was very, very fun to watch and be at. Yeah. Uh, there was some good ball played, and we got to talk to all four coaches of Stanford, Pepperdine, Penn State, and Lewis, and all those interviews. I actually um, clipped them out separately and uploaded them separately, so they're easy to find here on the channel. 
go go listen to what the coaches had to say. Um, go watch the highlights of the matches if you can find them anywhere. God forbid Volleyball World's not going to post them. But it, it got me excited about NCAA men's volleyball for the – yeah. It, it got me excited about NCAA men's volley for the first time in a while. Uh, somebody pointed out in the chat earlier and a, a good point that Penn State plays Long Beach State tomorrow night, which is a huge, huge game, four versus three. Uh, I really liked watching it. I liked the level. I liked talking to the coaches. I, I'm more in tune on the storylines now, and uh, the rest of the non-con season is actually going to be pretty fun. There's still some some of the West Coast and – rest of the u.s overlap happening where good non-conference games are going to be played so um check it check that out and the one resource as people always ask the one resource for ncaa men's volleyball is off the block off the block blog.com is a must 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 follow you've got to go there they they post something every single day on all the matches Vinny that are happening yeah man man Vinny lopes is Vinny the man lopes. Every day they post every match that's happening and a link to the live stream for every game. So don't ask us in the Discord where you can watch NCAA men's. Go to offtheblockblog.com. I'm going to put that in the live chat right there. Right now. Yeah, re- real quick um, to watch the uh, PS, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Penn State versus Long Beach match it is going to be on the Big Ten Network Plus, which looks like you need to, to pay for it. Service. So, yeah, yeah. not surprising. Uh, and- and the only things are conference pass. There's no man volleyball in the Big Ten conference. School pass. Like I guess, I guess you'd be paying all of that for just Penn, Penn State men's volleyball. I mean, if you're a Penn State fan in general, you could. Or the sport pass, uh, which once again, there's no uh, men's volleyball for uh, for uh, the, the Big Ten plus. So um, that's too bad, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah, so uh, it, it was cool to be there in Austin. It's cool to hang out with Everett. Obviously, we had maybe a little too good of a time at, at that Us, <laughs> no, no, uh, definitely not. Very fun, and it kind of reignited my enthusiasm for NCAA men. So uh, I, I was excited. Big, about that. big shout out to Wade Gerard and the team over at First Point for putting on that event and for having us. Uh, we're excited to uh, work with him further in the future and uh, at next year's event. And yeah, it was it was just a good time. It was good good to see it uh in play and i mean oh i'm already going to C- canadian both cl- college and university both ccaa and u sport nationals are going to be just uh, here in ontario so maybe we just go to ncaa's and i just do the trifecta i think we should uh it's at george mason in virginia i think that they were supposed to hope it host it the covid year that got canceled so they uh they get to host it this year i doubt that mason's going to make it out of the eiva because of how good penn state is but uh it'll be a cool cool different spot to host the natty i suppose yeah, hundred percent. Will the Big Will the Ten Big pick Ten. up men's volleyball when USC and UCLA join? Probably not. They're still not going to have enough teams. It's only going to be four. Uh, they 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 would need like a Stanford to move conferences, which is possible. I've I've heard rumblings about that. Uh, but there there still needs to be, I think, at least six, maybe even eight. And I don't see that happening anytime soon, unfortunately. Yeah. Also, Ozzy Tragic, I do think that the drunk cast will be not only a next year thing, but a a recurring thing whenever we get together, (laughs) which is going to be a lot this summer. So you're you're bound to get a few other drunk casts (laughs) in in, in 2023. So that's just going to be another membership to number another reason to jump on the membership of the channel, because that's where you can not only see this past drunk cast, but also the drunk cast from VNL Ottawa, (laughs) which is probably. Probably much of the same. Uh, Rob intently ranting and me being completely, you know, 
gone out of my mind. And Dan was there too. The only, the only thing I remember from Dan being there was that he kept forgetting to talk into the microphone and like he was holding it like down in his lap and he just couldn't hear anything you said. But what that's, a noob. It's kind of the it's kind of the charm of the drunk cast. Like whenever it trips over our cables and breaks my my USB bank and we have to switch audio sources halfway through the show on Saturday night. Yeah, that 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 did happen. But <laughs> even in my having been up for 24 hours and mangled state, I was still remembering to put the mic to my mouth. So that's a point for me and minus one for Dan. Congratulations, buddy. All right. Do we have anything else Thank we need you. to cover before we get the people out of here? Uh, we'll talk to everyone tomorrow on the watch along about champions league. That's a huge day, but is that about it for now? Yeah, I think that's a bit out, uh, about it for now. Uh, tune in at noon Eastern time at 9am Pacific uh, 11 central. Uh, what is it 10 mountain yeah we went through we went through all of them to check six, out our 6 p.m europe time is yeah, uh, six, when we're six, starting the watch along 6 p.m europe time it's just going to be us hanging out uh talking about if talking about a few things first it's going to be me and then rob's going to join once he's he's done his broadcast and we're going to figure out who's going to go on for uh men's champions league but uh, until then thanks for checking it out remember to head over to that volleyball.store and use the code spicy to get 15 percent off of your entire order and we will see you tomorrow or next week see you people thanks for watching